Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Jacob Sanderson. We are here to break down the Christmas Eve slate, so not the Saturday slate, not the three-day Christmas slate, not the Thursday night game. I mean, <laughs> the war on the American family is just, it's its so <laughs> obvious, man. The NFL hates my wife. The NFL hates your wife. The NFL doesn't want you to have a happy day. They want you to be tilting about, you know, whomstever, Tyreek Hill, Rashi Rice, like whatever. They just want you, they want your day to be ruined and it's going to happen. But uh, yeah, we're, we're here, man. We're grinding. Dude, it's ridiculous. Like I, my mom texted me the other day. She's like, oh, like I'm so excited you're going to be home for Christmas. Um, You know, she's very understanding my fantasy football stuff. So she, and she, well, she also knows every year that the Celtics play on Christmas. She's like, what time does Celtics play? So I can like expect you to not help in the kitchen for two and a half hours. It's like, that's so sweet of you, mom. They play at this time. It's against the Lakers. And then, uh, and then she's like, is there like a football game you particularly care about? And I was like, like, I, I, I couldn't answer with the real answer which is like that there's there's never not a football game that i care about exactly for like three consecutive yeah. days so what i just said is like you know there's a lot of games um probably gonna watch the colts and from there uh you know we'll, we'll do it on an as-needed basis <laughs> and and otherwise like you can count on me to be available to play uh backgammon or whatever else um, yeah i I don't really know i don't really know how i'm gonna navigate it i i've yet to really i've yet to really drill it down i'm just gonna i'm gonna do my best uh it's it's gonna be brutal uh but we have christmas eve games we've got nine of them you know anytime you can log on and see the atlanta falcons with taylor heineke as their quarterback with the fourth highest team total against your indianapolis colts you just have to wonder how we got here Sounds like Jonathan Taylor might return this week. Also sounds like Zach Moss might try to play with this arm injury anyway. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't, right? I mean, we'd much rather just have Taylor solo. Yes, we would definitely. I mean, Jonathan Taylor with no Zach Moss would be, I, I think, um, like a, a jam at the running back position, honestly. But yeah. the Colts have a 21 and a half point team total. They may or may not have Michael Pittman. The Falcons have a 23 point team total. The, all I've got is that Bijan Robinson has just been a real mind fuck this year. It's really paid off twice where he's totally separated himself from the rest of the pack. But most weeks you're playing him in a pretty significant ownership with like a very low floor. I guess the one thing you could say about him this week is it's pretty clear that Artie is coaching for his job. And if oh, I yeah. was coach, if I was coaching for my job, I, I had this take. Well, what if he just says, fine, I'll give all you fucking nerds what you want. 
10 targets for Kyle Pitts, Drake London getting fed <laughs> down the field, 23 carries for Bijan Robinson. That that's all I can come up with from an optimistic sense. And that Heineke plays a little bit better. Yeah, and as a Colts fan, I hope he does it. <laughs> because they might actually fuck around and win if he does something crazy like build the whole plate out of place for his best players. Uh yeah, I mean I think it's a pretty good matchup for Bijan. The the only thing that I'll keep noting with um with Indianapolis running back stuff is that I've seen a lot of people pump this up as like a very, very pro running back matchup. And that's what it looks like on the whole season. I'll just add Grover Stewart was suspended for six games and the Colts were obliterated on the run for those six games. Since he's come back, uh, Joe Mixon did not do anything in the run game uh, against the Colts. And then uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren didn't do particularly anything in the run game against the Colts. It's a completely different rush defense. They are still very, very susceptible to running backs through the air. Like their linebackers are extremely young and inexperienced. So I, I do think this is the matchup where uh, you would be able to have stuff from Bijan Robinson. Um, I saw another stat from Josh Norris that effectively they've decided Tyler, Tyler Algier is their base personnel back, which is like just an annoying Arthur Smith thing that it's like, oh, if we face like a loaded box, like we got to make sure it's Tyler Algier, but we only play Bijan against light boxes. Um, the Colts are very rarely in a loaded box uh, situation. So if you, you they're going to sit back in the cover three. Theoretically, it's a very good spot for Bijan as the back is going to provide more um, through the air and in those alignments. So if you want to get back on the Bijan horse at $6,300, I, I think there's plenty of good reasons to do so. I also understand if you're just like emotionally scarred for life and have no interest in it. Uh, I can't decide. I can't decide yet. I ultimately, <laughs> I'll play him. ultimately, I think I probably will. Um, running back is sort of weird this week. I mean, Rashad White is the most expensive running back of the entire slate. Kenneth Walker is going to be super chalky. Ty Chandler is going to be very chalky. Now, if Taylor, if he plays, I think actually is going to flatten ownership out a good bit. I think we'll just see a lot of guys be 20% owned instead of three guys being 40% owned, but that's, you know, very, uh, remain to be seen. And then just, do you got a take on any of these Colts? scrub wide receivers if michael Pittman jr doesn't play like isaiah mckenzie dj montgomery or uh, isaiah mckenzie has been suspended for the season <laughs> for, for conduct detrimental to the team we don't know what wow all right so it's like they're okay let's this will be this will be a good bit colts are lads let's see who is available on the, yeah, the, they the were direct one... the direct backup to Pittman in the last game was dj montgomery and i don't see any reason why that would change um jarvis landry might be a colt by the end of this week they've been they, they brought him in for a workout unreal um unreal. so yeah right I, now the only wide receivers on their 53-man roster are yeah. downs pierce Pittman, and dj montgomery they have uh the aforementioned jarvis landry i guess juan winfrey tyree cleveland Jaden mickens and ethan Fernea are all on the practice squad yeah First off, I think Pittman's going to play, which um, I'm sure Steelers Twitter will be really happy about that after their defender got suspended for the season. But he was limited or estimated as limited on the Wednesday walkthrough. And what we've seen is if if players are able to start limited on Wednesday, it seems like most of those players have actually been able to emerge through the concussion protocol. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, like he looked like he got Austin Collie on the field. And I was quite concerned. And then within two minutes, he was like walking and talking and seemed to be 
quite fine. So it would not surprise me if he actually does play in this game. If not, it's probably DJ Montgomery, but we'd have to see like what they do with practice squad elevate elevations and such. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Montgomery, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit of interest because there's not a ton of cheap wide receivers this week, but feels like a guy who goes two for 21, like a huge, I mean, I would just, I would just play Pierce at 4k. I think before I would play Montgomery at 3,300, like what's, um, sure. That that feels like if you're going to play like a cheap Colt, I'd rather just play the one that I know is at least going to run all the routes instead of it's liable to having their spot taken by a practice squad player. All right. Green Bay and Carolina Chuba Hubbard will again, just be kind of popular this week. It's like a low total game. The Panthers are, I think, only four and a half point dogs. Like, I, I'm not really that interested. Uh, I, I guess I haven't, like, run the Sims on this stuff yet, but I don't know. Like, $5,700 Chuba Hubbard or $6,300 Bijan Robinson, I, I think I know. I think I know the guy I'm going to click there. I do have a, my flag plant play is going to come early here in the show. Dontavian Wicks at $4,300 against the I Carolina Panthers. Yeah, he is awesome. He was like, he's like one of those guys who got a bunch of buzz in training camp, but because of like, you know, Dobbs and Reed and Watson really clearly ahead of him in the pecking order. And they had some other, you know, they're very young team, but like, it just is one of those things where he just, every time he got an opportunity, he played well. And now that Watson is banged up and Reed is banged up too as well. I mean, I think he's going to play and be fine, but is clearly playing well, he's got like a chest injury. So Wicks, $4,300 flag plant for me. I'm not playing Adam Thielen. I'm not playing Jonathan Mingo. I'm not playing Aaron Jones. You know, I think maybe AJ Dillon plays this week. Maybe he doesn't. I don't care. Like Patrick Taylor was playing enough that it's it's not like you're getting 27 Aaron Jones touches. Like Patrick Taylor is still going to be in there. I am playing Aaron Jones. Uh, I thought he was... They, there was like a quote that went around before the last game. They are like, we hope we can get 15 to 20 snaps out of him. Uh, they got a lot more than 15 to 20 snaps out of him. He got like 10 touches on the very first drive. It seemed like they were featuring him a ton in the first half and he looked good. He was running effectively and then they fell behind and I think they kind of pulled the reins back, but he gets the not, not, not matchup of all rushing matchups, uh, unless you're Bijan Robinson, uh, with Carolina this week. So if AJ Dillon does not play in particular, I'm, I'm probably going right back to Aaron Jones, but, uh, I, I get it. People don't. I've I've lost like considerable money on Aaron Jones here. So I, I don't. If you if you don't want to take my advice on when to play Aaron Jones, I fully endorse that. But I am playing him. Um, Kraft is fine too. Great, just incredible, oh, dude. Kraft. I actually, I um, hot take. I think he might be better than Musgrave. I actually, I, think like I actually think he might be. Warm take. I think he's like definitely better than Musgrave. He he just is. You know, Musgrave has been playing all these snaps all year and. I don't think he's had one game as good as Tucker Craft just had. Like just and, and that it's also like uh I mean this is a very we don't do this very much here on this show but like he just looks more dynamic to me. Yeah, like he he really does. Yeah. yeah. I'm, with I'm with it for sure. The only thing that's frustrating for me is like now at some point in time I guess next year Musgrave comes back and I don't think that they're going to play him zero snaps and I also don't think they can play Craft zero snaps. So I think we just like lost a team having a viable starting fantasy tight end because I think they're probably just going to end up rotating these guys. That's, I mean, that's a hundred percent what's going to happen is it's going to be, it's going to be John Smith and Kyle Pitts basically. Yeah. Um, all right. Cleveland at Houston. So like 
were Stroud to play and Nico to play, you could like talk me into, you know, a total zigzag, like this great defense. No one will play yeah. them. Feels like Thursday morning that it's going to be Case Keenum again. Maybe Nico plays. I don't know. I mean, it's a huge game. This is like a, this is an absolutely massive game for playoff yeah. stuff. So if there was any chance that Nico or Stroud could play, I think they would push them. Um, I'll, I'll pull up the uh, New York Times playoff permutation stuff here in a second. And then on the on the Cleveland side, I mean, and Joku just like gets 20 every week. Cooper, oh, man. Blacko, Blacko is not like a great NFL quarterback, but he is like making these. Uh, and I think Elijah Moore only had three targets last week, but he is like making this a fantasy yeah. viable offense for the first time all season. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I don't know what happens where Joe Flacco comes into a situation at like age 38 and his coach just immediately is like, we're dropping back 45 times every single week. Like it's happened with the jets. It's now happening with Cleveland. Uh, but, but he does. And the vast majority of it's going to Njoku and Cooper, both great plays. Uh, I've seen from Aaron Wilson, Stroud, very unlikely to play. And Nico has a decent shot. So um, I don't know if people want to play Nico Collins with Case Keenum. I think you can um, like, I think case Keenum is by the standards of NFL backup quarterbacks we've had this year. I think Keenum's on the higher end. <laughs> in terms case Keenum. Of case Keenum I've always, I've always believed in case Keenum a little bit. The, the thing is, is that um, Stroud, I think pretty clearly was like an elevator and case yeah. Keenum is just like a floor setter. But when you're yeah. setting the floor, I mean, I guess Noah Brown had a good game last week, but when you're setting the, the, the floor for, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary and Noah Brown and Xavier Hutchinson and John Mechie, that, that floor is just not going to be set all that high. Yeah. I mean, Nico, Nico, I could see, I, I could see like a literal 1.8% owned Nico Collins. I don't think I will personally be clicking that button, but, but I see it. I mean, I, I get it. If he's that low owned, I think that's possible that I'll probably click him just, just under the theory of like, they, might just run their entire offense through him if he's back this week. Um, yeah. And if he has no ownership, then I'll have some level of interest, but otherwise mostly just Cooper and Joku. All right. This is our first game stack game of the slate. It is the Detroit lions traveling to play against the Minnesota Vikings, Goff, Gibbs, St. Brown, Laporta, Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, and then the absolute stone shock of the slate. I will be, so like I had real reservations about the value running backs last week with Gibson and Elliott. They didn't feel like that good of clicks. Turns out uh, they weren't that good of clicks because they weren't that good of clicks, right? I do yeah. not feel these reservations about Ty Chandler at all. <laughs> I think Ty Chandler is good. I liked his prospect profile. He was like my third most drafted guy in all of Best Ball Mania for I feel like very good about that. Now, I only have two teams left, but I think they both have Ty Chandler. Um, Ty Chandler is like, I just, it's to me, he is the equivalent of the Zach Moss play where it's like, I don't even project him for 77% ownership. I don't care. I don't think he'll get there because he got a no. good price hike based on how good he was. He's $5,600, not $4,700 like Moss was that week. And Jefferson, it's, I mean, he's projected to be chalk, but I don't know if he's projected to be chalk enough. An $8,100 Justin Jefferson in the dome. He might, he might just be a lock. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in playing Justin Jefferson. I'm super, super interested in playing Justin Jefferson, especially as like potential leverage off of the Ty Chandler chalk where like Jefferson himself will be very owned, but I think he'll be less owned than Chandler. So I think it like 
I don't know, it like gives you back a little bit of a reason to play him. Uh, but if I'm not playing Jefferson, then I am very open to playing uh, Chandler for sure. And if I'm not playing either of them, then I think Hawkinson is a really good play and his ownership will probably be slightly lower than um, expected just based off of the ownership on the other guys. Um, Addison at 6K, it's gross. He was like an objectively awesome play at tiny ownership on the Saturday slate when there was tons of ownership on like everybody else in the game. I don't know if I can get there at 6K with his role on this slate um, unless I'm like full on stacking Nick Mullins, which like what I'm looking at is that Nick Mullins is going to be like owned owned. And I don't, I just don't think I have interest in playing like an owned Nick Mullins. Like that just seems like kind of ridiculous. Um, so I'm probably looking at uh, Chandler, plenty of lineups, Jefferson and plenty of my lineups, Hawkinson and some uh, from the Viking side. I agree. Chandler is a total jam. And I, I hope that Madison plays because I, I feel like with how they've discussed his role, it, it really has very little impact. Um, and so you'd be better off if Alex Madison does play uh, and then maybe that suppresses the ownership slightly. Yes. Uh, I don't think it'll suppress it much because Kevin O'Connell has been like so breathless in his praise of Ty Chandler, but maybe a little bit, right? Maybe, maybe it shifts it. I don't know, 2% or whatever. It's definitely possible. Yeah. He said something uh, like if Madison's back, it'd be nice for the depth in the room. <laughs> right. Like, something yeah, like just, just like get, get owned, get owned <laughs> Alexander Madison. Uh, and then on the other <laughs> side, I mean, I do think quarterback is just so shit this week. Like there's so few quarterbacks you actually want to play that like, we're going to end up with Goff and Laporte being like i mean goff's gonna be like 22 percent. laporta is gonna be super owned and then yeah. like the combinatorial ownership of like goff ty chandler sam laporta and justin jefferson is gonna be like off the charts like it's good that's gonna be like a super popular combination it, it, and i think it's fine i mean i think playing chalk off in the spot actually is completely fine these are like relatively must win games for both of these teams that can always you know, it goes either way, right? Sometimes a must-win yeah. games team really tighten up and it's just like a lot of running and a lot of conservative play calling. And then sometimes it goes the complete opposite way where you see teams just like, you know, going for it on every fourth down and like chucking it deep and like Ben Johnson just breaking out everything he has. And then I, I just want to make this official ruling. It doesn't count as road golf when it's indoors. It's, it's, it's still, it does Correct. not count as road golf when it's indoors. So I, he's fine here. Uh, yes, that's what I've been telling myself as I look at my remaining Vestalmania entries. Uh, as I just say, it doesn't count as road golf if it's indoors, and I pray. Uh, I agree, everybody, everybody in the line side, your core group. Um, unfortunately, I have to say, Jamison Williams actually alive. You can play him finally. Uh, he's like a real part of the offense now, and I will play him in at least one lineup this week. Uh, and obviously he's, he's like gives. giga leverage, giga leverage this week. Um, because Laporta, St. Brown, yeah. Jefferson, Chandler, all these guys so popular. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far as the flag plan am, but I will give you the permission structure to play Jamison Williams. What's, what's sort of interesting is that Gibbs has been, I believe he's the number two running back in fantasy since, uh, Montgomery came back from injury, which is sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. Does not project to be like super, super owned no. um, at running back this week. You know, he's projected five, 10%, something like that. I mean, that feels like a leak to me. Gibbs feels like extremely good. What do you make of the uh, the Josh Norris theory of this is going to be a David Montgomery week because the Vikings blitz so much, they're going to want to play him in pass protection? I make nothing of it. Gibbs has been... Okay perfectly cromulent as a pass blocker and as rich rebar has pointed out many times when your quarterback is actually getting blitzed like crazy 
you should actually have your running back there as the safety valve because if right. you, you they rush six, they, no one's on the running back. You you want Jameer Gibbs in space. You don't really want yeah. David Montgomery in space. And I think Ben Johnson is a sharp guy. Um, so I, that's the direction that I would go there. Uh, the agree. Washington football team against the New York football Jets. I mean, truly, Brees Hall is the only player I'm interested in in this game. Like, not doing... Not doing Curtis Samuel, not doing McLaurin, not doing Dotson, not doing Logan Thomas, not doing Antonio Gibson. I might do Antonio Gibson, but that's definitely oh, a on, that's def that's definitely a do as I uh, don't <laughs> do as I say, not as I do type situation. Like Pete asked me on the Swolecast, how could you possibly justify playing Antonio Gibson? And my only response was, I just still think he's kind of good. Like nine years into the Antonio <laughs> Gibson experience, I just still think he's kind of good. That that's literally it. Uh, there's no defense to it uh, in any way, shape, or form. But this could be a legit breeze game on the ground. The the concern you would have is the Jets are actually favored in this game. So the the like six three, yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> the six free dump offs a game that Breeze has been getting, he they might not get him here. He might not get With, the six free points. I mean, it's not even this is so sad to say, but like I would that would make some sense if we thought Zach Wilson was playing, but it's probably Simeon, right? It's almost for sure Simeon. Yeah. Or or someone they call off the street should i just like should i just put the christmas budget on on the commanders like what are we doing here yeah but you're do you want to put the christmas budget on sam howell like you you more to, than to, trevor simeon i don't know man like the jets defense is fine and, and the commanders oh. cannot stop the run like if if breeze breeze and true. alvin might both get 20 carries in this game like it's possible man uh they also can't stop the pass um my my issue is like you're not you know, if this was DF again, if this was like three years ago, DFS, people would be like, the Jets just got blown out 30 to nothing. They're playing Trevor Simeon. This team has clearly quit on the season. And you would be able to be like, oh, like I'm going to sneak in a Garrett Wilson or I'm going to sneak in a Brees Hall in this nut matchup. Um, and, you know, people are going to let me. But you're not sneaking up on anybody now. Like they're going to be like 20% out. Um, and there's just so much fragility with this Jets team in any matchup that like, I just I just don't think I want to play a 20% owned jet. Like it's just would anybody be surprised if you turn on this game in the first quarter and it's 14 nothing Washington and this entire team is folded up like a deck chair and it's like we're we're now just playing the backups and they're not moving the ball at all and everybody's just like fast forward buttoning on the season. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised. So like, could, do I think it's possible that they stay engaged in this game and Garrett and Brees, or at least one of them have fantastic games. Absolutely. It's just uh, this, this team has so, so much fragility that at ownership, it just seems like a, a easy spot to fade despite obviously loving both of those players. Yep. All right. We got the Seattle Seahawks playing at the Tennessee Titans, uh, Kenneth Walker chalk uh, here. The Titans can't stop the run anymore. Oh, yeah, because well, they, they caught Tier Tart. Yeah, Soccer Dave has spent the entirety of this wallcast yesterday telling us about Tier Tart getting cut for being a locker room cancer. Sounds like Ryan Tannehill might start this game. Yeah, he will. Um, that would be unbelievably massive for me in two super flex best ball dynasty leagues where Trevor Lawrence is question <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is questionable with a head injury. And uh, Joshua Dobbs got got giga benched, emergency third quarterback. So I I need some quarterback points in two separate leagues where my quarterback room is Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Dobbs, and uh, so I'm I'm rooting for Ryan Tannehill. 
I don't really want to play Derrick Henry. I don't really want to play DeAndre Hopkins. You could, I think you could maybe get away with Traylon Burks, actually. He he ran full starters routes in the last game. Yeah. They were throwing the ball deep to him. He's yeah, been cheap. That's a good play. Cheap, cheap wide receiver is just not appealing this week. There's just not, there's not a good, like a guy who projects quite strongly below, you know, 4,500 or whatever. Um, Metcalf, Lockett, JSN. JSN will kind of be the cheap wide receiver chalk to Jor, I think. Yes, um, especially like despite having quite poor usage on Monday night, the indelible image in everyone's mind will be the catch. And uh, I, I'm here for it. I mean, that was one of the most fun sweats of my life. God bless you, JSN. Ken Walker, by the way, I I, I experienced such a Ken Walker experience in which I needed. Yeah, I are you finally going to fucking capitulate, man? He's the best. Dude, like it was I got the full Ken Walker range of emotions like I, I can't remember the exact number i think it was like 8.18.2 points or something i needed from him and he has like obviously the insane touchdown and i'm like all right we're alive and then he gets this great next drive where he's like gashing out nine yard carries from three yard losses repeatedly and then and he gets there he gets me uh three yards over what i need next carry he loses four and then they do this whole like timeout disaster and i'm like is this guy for real right now? And then they get the ball back and they give him two carries and he gets back over it. I was like, thank God. And then he never gets under touch for the rest of the game. So like, if you didn't get, if you didn't get those extra two carries in and he like fully Ken Walker me by like breaking infinite tackles to get over the mark and then losing four yards to go back under the mark. Like I would have, I would have been so tilted for life. And I also would have earned it since everything I've ever said about Ken Walker, but uh, he got there. So I'm whatever you want, Ken. I, I say, I say, break it outside, buddy. You got it. You got yeah. this. I mean, I, uh, I love Kenneth Walker. I don't even really care about, I don't really care when he's chalk. Like I still think he's, I just think he's a, a super strong play. So I, I will be, I will be with the field, just jamming my way on, on some merry little Kenneth Walker. Or Bijan 6,300. That's, that's, that's your decision point. Which one do you prefer? You could you could play both. I I prefer Walker though. I just I'm okay. I'm I already has has really done a number on me. Like I didn't even <laughs> mention Kyle Pitts. You know, like it's it's so it. Oh, man, the 2024 Falcons with Ben Johnson as the head coach <laughs> and Ryan Tannehill or Justin Fields as a starting quarterback. Yeah, just absolutely send it. That would be it. Would be beautiful. It would it would really it would really make my it would make my year. Um, all right. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Zay Jones not gonna play. Christian Kirk remains out. That means Evan Ingram and Parker Washington are gonna look really good in the projections. I actually that I mean, I probably won't do Evan Ingram because like you just play Sam Laporta or Trey McBride because they're the goats. But uh Parker Washington, perfectly cromulent wide receiver. I actually liked him at Penn State. I thought I thought he was I thought he was like a yeah. pretty decent prospect. Interesting profile. Yeah. And uh, ETN, you know, whatever, Rashad White, whatever. I mean, you, you know the deal. Like, we're we're in week 16. You, you pretty much know the deal with these guys. They're, they're fine. ETN will be really fine when he scores. He won't be as fine. Again, we don't know if Trevor Lawrence is playing. The line to me kind of suggests that he is not to be road dogs to the Bucs. I think they'd probably be favored if Lawrence was playing for sure. Maybe not, though. The Buccaneers have been stringing together some pretty impressive results. Mm-hmm. Um on the Buccaneers side, you know, Mike Evans just always gets 
you know, he just is a threat to get 30 any given. I just, I don't feel strongly about this game one way or the other. I think Evans and Godwin are mashes. I, I love them in the spot, especially if Lawrence plays, because that just helps the offensive environment all around. But we're going to have massively owned Rashad White, and we have a Jacksonville pass funnel defense. Um, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the spot for Godwin and and Mike Evans here, and I, I would I would play the I would play the Baker double in the spot. Um, I think that's like very very in play. Uh, from the Jags perspective, I probably like Etienne more actually if Bethard plays because they're only going to have like one viable outside receiver in this game, Ridley. Uh, we saw when Bethard came in and really, Cincinnati really that... nice of you to to call Calvin Ridley viable at this stage in his career. I mean, this this I guy thought that was but... the most descriptive adjective I could come up with. Was viable. This dude stinks, man. Where where's <laughs> Calvin Ridley gonna go in best ball mania next year? Like round seven, eight. Okay, well, I have a bunch of him at that price. Yeah, I won't be able to okay, maybe, maybe not say, then. Yeah, I won't maybe be able to wrong. say no there. Yeah, but I think you're right. <laughs> Uh, as soon as Beathard came in, he just started peppering ETN with, with targets. Lawrence just is like incapable of checking down. Like as an ETN fan, like I, I just constantly watch Jaguars games and tilt as he runs like wide open on a check and release or whatever. And Lawrence is forcing a ball 20 yards downfield. So I, I would actually prefer him if it's Beathard. Uh, if it's Lawrence, then I don't know. You can play, you can play Engram, you can play Washington. If you hate yourself, you can play Calvin Ridley. Um, but I'm probably mostly interested in the buck side uh, of this game. I think. I think if um, if Lawrence plays, we're actually going to get some Ridley steam because he's like at a pretty appealing price point yeah. at sixty three hundred dollars. I, I think I think he's going to get owned a little bit. Uh, all right, the second highest team total of the main slate. Wait, no, they're tied. So the the Bears and the Cowboys have the same team total. We have the Arizona Cardinals traveling to play against. The Chicago Bears. I mean, playing Fields feels a lot better when he's like six percent owned, when he's like twenty nine yeah. percent owned, and and DJ Moore is twenty five percent owned, <laughs> and Cole Komet is fourteen percent owned. It feels way worse. Also, I'm I, I think Hollywood Brown is just not going to play here. Uh, yeah, he just like keeps battling through this injury, so that means Sit like down, Michael buddy. Wilson, Greg Dorch, whatever these bringbacks. Really, the bringback is just Trey Gronk. I mean, this is the best dude. Yeah. Is the absolute best. Yeah, he's not the he's not the bring back. He's the primary in the entire Bears office is the bring back as, as far as I'm concerned. Um yeah, I think I think you know, Trey McBride every week. The price is high, it's still not high enough. Uh I think Kyler is totally in play. Um he can run, he can throw to Trey McBride. Uh and you know, I don't think that the bet is like that fundamentally different than Justin Fields. He'll be like a fourth of the ownership. Um yeah, you can play the Fields more stack if you want. It's just, it's just not a fun stack to play into ownership because there's no way to get variant with it. Like, there's there's no running back you can play for leverage. He only throws to two players. It's more and Komet. So like, you're either playing Fields with more, you're playing him with Komet, or you're playing him with both. Like, there's no like kind of, you know, trick him, dick him way to to play the field stack in like a creative way. Um, so. I probably will sit it out just because I'd rather not like run with the entire rest of the field playing the same combo of fields more McBride, which is what everybody will play that plays the field stack. So um probably going to sit it out, but it's like an objectively good play. 
I don't know. I can't decide if I'm going to sit it out yet or not. Uh, another idea I like is playing fields completely independent of anyone from this game and subbing him in fine. for Detroit, Minnesota stuff. Yeah. Like, I think I like that more than I like the me and 15% of the field has the exact same field. Some more Trey McBride stack. Like, I, I think that's more interesting doing it that way. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, I think if you think the bears handle this game, Dante Foreman is like incredibly interesting leverage. Roshan like played the most snaps last week, but Foreman started yeah. and it was just kind of like a game flow thing where Roshan was the long down a distance. But I would imagine Foreman's going to get any of the goal line work. And if this, if yeah. this, but Herbert gets work too, still like he not like enough to play him, but like enough to make Foreman annoying. You're playing Foreman for three one yard touchdowns where he just where he just Correct. deflates the entire existence of DJ Moore yeah. and and Justin sure. Fields like that that and. I mean, he he literally has done it already once this season. So like, it's not it's not the most and, and you're talking about a dude who's going to be like five percent owned at the absolute maximum. Even that, even five. that, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. Whatever. Again, probably something I would talk about, but not actually click. But you know, it's, it is what it is. It is theoretically interesting. All right, last game: the Dallas Football Cowboys against the Miami Dolphins. Game of the slate: highest total, total over 50, 51 and a half right now. You got Reek, who's questionable. A-Chain is going to play with this toe injury. Mostert, every single week, just gets two touchdowns. The The hard part about this game is there's not real appealing salary-saving options anywhere, really. Like, there's not a 3K tight end to play. There's not a 3K wide receiver to play. So it's kind of hard. Like, it would be very hard to do. Oh, it would be impossible to do, like, Dak, CD, Tyreek, or Tua. I guess you could do Tua, Tyreek, Hooks, Gallup. Ferguson, you know, you could play Durham Smythe. I, I just like, I feel very good about this game having a lot of points, but I don't, I don't really know how you play the pieces together. Yes. Um, I am definitely inclined to agree with that. It's going to be a pretty fascinating game. Um, and it's just, you're right. Like it's just the expense of everything that makes it difficult to get too much. Um, I think, I th- I think you have to probably play into guys like like Ferguson and Cooks, right, to try and build it out, just to try and actually get some sort of salary. But it's tough because then those guys tend to get dragged up in these bonanza spots for the Cowboys, despite not being necessarily like great plays in their own right. Um, I think Pollard is a fine play if you want to attack this game. But like at 6,700, I would say Walker is a better play. I would say Bijan is a better play. Gibbs is a better play. Like, in a vacuum. Um, although of course you get there and then, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not seeing that much ownership on the Miami side, but I think that that's wrong. I think it'll it's, probably climb. It's going to be higher than the stuff shows right now, but it's like two is expensive and doesn't project that well. Tyreek is giga expensive and projects like about the same as CD and Jefferson who are both cheaper it's like Jalen, it's like, say the line, say the line. Jalen Waddle provides great yeah. leverage, you know, but he's like expensive, more expensive than he would be normally because he just came off um, like a, the best game of his season. A-Chain and Mostert, it's like, sure, Mostert gets two touchdowns every week, but he like never gets the bonus. And then A-Chain, you know, it's like when you're not averaging 11 yards per carry, it's kind of hard to get there on 12 touches in a game. So it's like, he's kind of unplayable. Durham Smythe is unplayable. Ferguson is like so expensive relative to what his baseline has been. It's it's hard to see how this is the game you need unless each team literally scores 50 points. 
I will play Devin Chan. Um, like, okay, yes, it's hard to get there without having 11 yards per carry, but it's like, I think we all should have known it was conceivably possible that he was capable of having games of not having 11 yards per carry. So it's like, if we were perfectly fine playing him at $7,100 in basically the same role before that was confirmed for us, I don't know that we should just be like completely out on the concept uh, two weeks later. Like, I think he's still just as capable of rushing for extreme efficiency and seeing pass work and everything as he was a few weeks ago. We also just saw Dallas get completely abused on the ground on the road in Buffalo. And so not surprise me if Miami tried to do some similar things. And if you look like, especially at how Dallas just got carved was like, they had a lot of success running in all directions, but like, especially they would have these runs to the edge where I didn't even think it was set up very well. And Dallas's linebackers were just so damn slow that cook was just able to cruise to the edge and pick up nine or 10 yards repeatedly. And if, if I was Mike McDaniel and I watched that game, I would run so many sweet plays and toss plays and stretch plays to get to the edge. And I mean, most are fast too, but I, I still think HN is like really the guy you want to be prioritizing on a lot of those outside run concepts. So that's, that's the guy I, I will play probably the most of in this game, just because I think he's not going to be owned. I think he has a very, very high ceiling. Um, and then try to, figure I think out what he to might be Dallas legit 1% owned actually. Like right. I'm and, looking I mean, at I just, it. But, and what makes him a what makes him a fundamentally different play than like when he was like twenty percent owned at the same price in previous weeks? That that the results have been bad. I mean, that's really and and um, there's I think a little bit less confidence that he is going to get work when the game is close. That that the sort of like remember his first touch. If you want to go all the way back to the Broncos game, he actually scored the first touchdown before Mostert did. Right. Yeah. And now, now it seems like it's clearly a Mozart is the lead back, a chain is the second back. And that, so like the market feeling more confident in that dichotomy and a chain is not, you know, if a chain was $5,800, sure. Yeah. But I mean, he's $7,100. He is more expensive than Brees, than Pollard, than ETN, than Bijan, than Chandler. He is $100 less than Jonathan Taylor. Like it's, it's not, it's not great. I mean, I get all that. I would, my counter to that would be like, I don't know. I guess I don't think that the role is all that fundamentally different. Like, so, so he had, so he was still, but he, he basically was playing in a near even split with Mostert in the Titans game. He goes on the injury report. You know, there was a report that came out Saturday that was like, oh, we don't know if he's even going to play um, or not the next day. So he plays 39% of the snaps against the Jets in a game they won by 30 in a game that he was hurt. Like, makes sense to me they didn't push him. Like, this game's quite important for Miami. They they really need it if they want the one seed. Uh, they've played A-Chan a lot in games that they've needed him prior. Like, you go back to the Raiders game, he got the first carry in that game. Like, I... I, I, I'm not sold that this is like a Mostert 1, HN 2 situation. Like the only game that we've really seen that in is the games that he's working back from some sort of injury. Uh, if he's like gets in a full practice Friday, especially, like I, I still think he's like the same play as he was. If you want to say he's a fragile play, like, of course. I just think he's been a fragile play all year. Like I, I think we're, I don't know. If, if you don't think that he 
can have nine carries for 30 yards and three catches for 20 yards. And you didn't understand the thesis of the play to begin with. <laughs> like the only, <laughs> the only thing that I think is slightly different based on what I thought about him when I was playing him three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I mean, I freaking played him last week. So the only thing that I think is different is that it seems that they're pretty committed to getting most touchdowns that, that yes, they like true. this record he's got 20 could he get 25 whatever that i i think that's like and and that would vibe with the general thesis of mcdaniel which is that he's such a player's coach you know um yeah. like that that's really that's really the only thing that is super changed yeah uh i agree with that he's not he's not gonna be the favorite for goal line work but he yeah. does get he does get some goal line pass game sets where they'll like draw stuff up like he like in the titans game like he played a couple goal line snaps in there especially when they were throwing um i i'm i'm I, like i get it like i i'm gonna play a lot of him um i don't know i might even fly plan him uh i i definitely think that he could easily be a horrible play for sure but like we have seen the ceiling i i just not i'm not buying that this role is like fundamentally or meaningfully different unless people think that he's like hurt and is thus less effective. But I mean, he looked pretty darn fast against the Titans and like perfectly good to me against the jets when, when I, when I was watching him. So uh, I, I'm still very interested in, in, in trying to play him in this spot and low ownership, which is, I think where low ownership should be when you're playing the extremely volatile role with efficiency upside of $7,100. Like not when he's 25% owned. I think you, I think you talked me into it. I think you, I think you sold me. Yeah. Well, I'm in. I know, I know it's very hard for you to be sold with like Tevin Chan. Yeah. I mean, look, it's just like the, the, the running back pool is saturated with like good plays from 6,000 to $7,000. Um, so it's like, you kind of just have to pick your, pick your poison. I will be flag planning Dontavian Wicks for the Green Bay football Packers this week at 4,300. And um, I will also flag plant. Don't overdo Justin Fields, DJ Moore sacks. Like it just maybe that is what you need to win, but I don't know. Playing a twenty percent owned combinatorial stack just feels feels very fraught. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's not just about the ownership of the stack. It's like about the way that that stack gets created, and there's just such little optionality. Like there's only one guy in Arizona anybody's playing with McBride. Um, you can play Connor, uh, and then you can you play know, you, you can play Dorch. You can play Dorch, right? But for the most part, like for the most part, if your field stack is Fields, Moore, McBride, or Fields, Komet, and well, I guess that mixes things up because you're not playing McBride. But if I'll put it this way, don't play the Fields, Moore, McBride stack. It's like there's gonna be like twelve percent of people who have that exact stack, and then you know your your lineup is gonna have to take shape a certain way afterwards. If you want to play fields, I, I agree. Get, get creative with that for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Everyone, make sure that you are subscribed to Thinking About Thinking, and I'll be back with Rich Rebar tomorrow morning. Later, everybody. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.